Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. You're invited to I Am The Key One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And we are here with the cutest one, and that is Jenna Barclay. Hey, Jenna. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Thank you for having me on. Of course. Now, I am just going to really quickly say for anyone watching this on Patreon, I am recording from my best friend's house and it's a beautiful home, but it's a lot bigger than I'm used to. So there's a lot of echo. And that is why I'm under this blanket. So I'm not in a costume like Chelsea, but I am covering half my face. Donnie is reporting live from inside of the Michelin Man (laughs) as we speak. It truly looks like I'm in a fort. Like when kids make forts and it's just a blanket over their head, that's what this is. So if you want the uncut, unedited, and unhinged versions of our current shows, head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one, where you can not see my face. (laughs) And today we are with Jenna and we will be talking about Mean Girls. When we were DMing back and forth to decide what to talk about, I asked Jenna, which of these movies speak to you? And she's like, I know Mean Girls very well. Very well. You said all you had to say. We knew the rest was history. (laughs) Speaking of history, that's what we in the business call a segue. Speaking of history, (laughs) I do want to set the scene. The movie was made April 30th, 2004. It was a Friday, as it usually is. At the top of the charts, Yeah by Usher. And you already know my history with the song, so we won't focus on that today. And Fuck It by Amon were top of the charts. Both good ones. Both good ones. On TV, Friends ended its 10-year run, and at the movie, This movie obviously was number one, but it was also joined by Man on Fire and podcast favorite 13 going on 30. Wow. I know. Good ones. All good ones. What a time. (laughs) Wasn't it? Friends ending really shook me. Me too. I remember where I was when I watched the last episode. Where were you? I was in my friend Casey's basement. That was like where we hung out. You know, it was very that 70s show. So it was like a literal basement with a couch just like that. I was a basement dweller as well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was the place to be. We didn't have anything else to do. Chelsea, you were a friends person? I was a friends person, yeah. That shocks me. Chelsea doesn't like anything. Well, it's not that I don't like anything. It's that I was just playing a lot of sports, so I missed out on lots of things. Yeah, but for whatever reason, friends was on my radar. Wow. It was on for so long. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you had to be at least somewhat of a friends person. Yeah, I had a finale party. My choir teacher was there, which is a story in itself that's a little inappropriate, (laughs) but... My choir teacher was there, and then there's like five drama kids with us as well, and we made t-shirts that said the end of an era and everything. God, I love that. And then I wore it to school the next day. Did your choir teacher wear it to the next (laughs) day of school? No, she really burned it, so she wasn't caught hanging out with kids. Smart. And what's crazy is there was nothing inappropriate with her hanging out with kids. I mean, besides hanging out with kids. Mm -hmm. But the choir teacher before that was fired for like inappropriate hanging out with kids so the choir department just didn't give two fucks yeah like if i was following that person in their career i would maybe be like you know what 
I love Friends. Maybe I'll watch it from my own adult <laughs> apartment. Yeah, that's a good point. But I guess when your one before, whatever that's called, when <laughs> that one literally does have relations with students, I guess watching Friends isn't so bad. Well, potato, potato. When you look at it like that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so so let's talk about the movie on that note. Kind of like Coach Carr in Mean Girls. There we yes, go. See, Thank that's you, a Thank you. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> This is my favorite movie. I saw it 11 times in theater. 11 times? That's extreme. That's like me with Titanic. <laughs> I'm glad that you judged me and then looped yourself back into it. <laughs> I'm judging both of us simultaneously. Yeah, yeah, Wait, how many times did you watch Titanic, Jenna? Because that is like a nine-hour movie. Mm. I think I actually, no joke, saw it 11 times in theaters. And I was in fifth grade. Oh At that God. point, it was probably like literally one tenth of your life you've spent watching Titanic <laughs> as a fifth grader. No, really. I mean, I was 11 years old. But, you know, at that age, and I grew up in the middle of nowhere, there was nothing to do. But when you're 11, there's nothing to do anyway. But that's what we did for like everybody's birthday party. And it was mm. kind of that age where you're starting to get to the point where you're like, mom, can you drop me off at the movies? You know, a little independence. Yeah. So, yeah, we just, I mean, I went with every single friend. I went with my mom a bunch of times. Like, I just, I accompanied everybody to see Titanic. It was a very big deal. I love and I was that. obsessed with Leo, obviously. Well, of course. Well, this is the time. I think I've announced this before on the pod, but I have never seen Titanic. <laughs> I would say we can add it to the list, but it's so long. It would have to be like a three-part episode. We'll break it into two. Okay. When the VHS stops, we'll end one episode. That is exactly, that's, okay. that's where it becomes a different movie. It does, yeah. When I didn't feel like watching a three-and-a-half-hour movie, I would only watch the second VHS. And the first VHS is, like, the good, happy part. So yeah. sometimes if I just, like, wasn't in that headspace, you know, like, mm. I, I couldn't deal with the darkness, <laughs> then I would just end it, you know, before the, the ship sinks, and it was fine. It's like fast-forwarding. My parents used to fast-forward in Bambi through, like, when Bambi's mom dies. <laughs> you can be like, wow, what a happy film. Yeah. These strangers met on a boat, and they're just going to sail off to the rest <laughs> of their life. Like, what a love story. I thought you were still talking about Bambi. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think there's no boat in Bambi. And then I figured we looped back around. So let's loop back around even more and talk about the movie we're here for today. And that is, again, Mean Girls. It was directed by Mark Waters, who also directed Freaky Friday, Ghost of Girlfriends Past, and Mr. Popper's Penguins. And then, as everybody knows, it was written by Tina Fey. The budget was $17 million, and it made worldwide $130 million. So Mean Girls was not far and around. And Tina Fey can thank a lot of that to me. 11 times, I must repeat. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know that this doesn't loop in at all, but Donnie and I did a couple of weeks ago actually see each other in person. We had brunch. I was like in between two trains and I had some time to kill in the city. So I killed some time with our friend Donnie Hadfield Smith. And you said Mr. Popper's Penguins. I think you know where I might be going with this story, Donnie. We had a riveting conversation about poppers because we were with a bunch of people who had just been at a bachelor party and had been partaking in poppers. I was not aware just like in general what poppers were, which is surprising given, you know, of the two of us, I would say I partake in naughty things more than Donnie. Mm -hmm. But Donnie went on like a full spiral about poppers during brunch. Well, first of all, I want to apologize to Jenna. She came on to discuss Mean Girls, and now we're talking about poppers as there's a blanket on my head. <laughs> I really 
want to know about this because I'm unfamiliar also. Okay, so I'm, I'm very oh, you're interested. Fully unfamiliar? Yeah, pretty much, which is also shocking. I mean, I should know this. So I only know about it in the gay sex world. It like makes you lightheaded and opens your booty hole a little bit. So like <laughs> sexually, I know about poppers. But Chelsea was telling me that like she knew people, straight men, that just did it, like passed it around a table. And I was like, I've never heard of that. So then I was texting everyone I ever met. I was like, do you know poppers are recreational? <laughs> what a text to get at 11 o'clock in the morning. And then I have some at home, obviously, because I am a gay man in 2022. So I went home and turned on Grease 2 and tried it. And I was like, if it's recreational, nothing's more recreational than this. And I did not like it. <laughs> no? <laughs> not recreationally, Jenna. No. Good to know. Keep in mind, I'm on the train and it's about 2 p.m. Donnie is sitting at home by himself on a Sunday watching Grease 2 doing poppers. So like, I don't know if maybe that is like the environment oh for God. recreational poppers. Maybe you should have gone with the original Grease. <laughs> maybe. There are worse things I could do. So... <laughs> Back to Mean Girls. Mm -hmm. I know at this point, everybody knows everything about this movie, so I will keep the trivia portion brief. Originally, Lindsay Lohan was cast as Regina, but she requested to play Katie so that the public wouldn't base their opinion on her on Regina's personality. Also, Amanda Seyfried auditioned to play Katie, but Lauren Michaels thought she would be better as the dumb one. And more casting news, Scarlett Johansson and Ashley Tisdale auditioned to play Karen. So that's intriguing. Hmm. But Queen Lacey Chabert was the first and only choice for Gretchen. So they were doing all these casting changes, but not our Gretch. Lacey Chabert is the only Gretchen. And now the Hallmark movie Queen. Hallmark she just makes queen. me so happy every holiday season. I'm yeah. like, it's Gretchen. I know. I went to 90s Con last year and her line was so long. So I was like, I'm not going to meet her. I went too. <gasps> were you there? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. So I didn't meet Lacey, but that's because I knew she would be at Christmas con. So I was like, I'll just mm. loop back around in December. I can meet Lacey there you go. some other time. That's smart. I did see she had a very long line. I was happy for her. I always feel bad. Like when people don't have long lines, I, <laughs> I get like anxiety, but I was happy that there were so many Lacey fans. Gotta love your yeah, girl. It was very uncomfortable when there were like five cast members from one show and three of them had very long lines. And then the other two were just like doing poppers. <laughs> Putting on grease too. Poor thing. So, Jenna, before we put, not really pressure, but before we put one minute on the clock for you to give us a synopsis, what character does everyone identify as? I think I am a mix between Tina Fey's character because I am also a pusher in my life. I'm a pusher. I push people. But also, I think I have a little tinge of Regina George in me a little bit. And then I am Katie as well. I'm like a Katie, Sun, mm. Regina Moon. I, I like that. that. Jenna, mm-hmm. what about you? I mean, now I'm I'm Amy Poehler's character, obviously, <laughs> Mrs. George. I love a juicy tracksuit, even though it is not age appropriate. And I love the young ones for, you know, keeping me on top of the new cool jam. But in high school, I, I kind of was... Regina George like as much as there could be a Regina George in a small town high school where everybody knows everyone's parents you can really be like that mean girl Mm -hmm. but you know I was like fully decked in high school with like stilettos and looking absolutely ridiculous walking down the halls in 2004 so 
I do identify uh, with Richie I knew I was bit. drawn to you for a reason. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, Donnie's going to like push me in front of a bus now and ask you to be his co-host. <laughs> because I, and that makes total sense, because I am Gretchen. Yes. Because Gretchen is just the girl that wants to be Regina. So that is me 100%. But I think the difference is that sometimes people do allow me to terrorize them and boss them around. So like when I get the opportunity to be Regina, I absolutely am. It's just that Mm. people don't always give me that opportunity. I mean, Gretchen was the best plastic though. I agree. She's the best. She's the most fun to watch. I I would want to hang out with her in in real life. Oh yeah. And her fashion was on point. Oh, so good. (laughs) So Jenna, this is when we put a minute on the clock. (laughs) <laughs> so you can tell us what this movie is about. Right. Well, if I have to explain to you what Mean Girls is about, you need to stop what you're doing and go watch it. But Please. for the purpose of the exercise, <laughs> it is a teen comedy about a girl who moves from literally Africa to suburban Illinois and has to go to high school for the very first time. And she befriends a pair of outcasts and simultaneously befriends the popular girls, which are named the plastics and basically goes undercover to do this whole scheme where she tries to take down the plastics from the inside, but it goes awry because she goes native and starts to become a mean girl herself. But by the end, you know, life lessons are learned. Friendships are repaired. There's a beautiful exercise in the gymnasium with a trust fall (laughs) and order is restored to girl world <laughs> and we get a mathlete rap for christmas time. <laughs> we sure do nothing says christmas like a mathlete rap nothing kg in the power of three he brings the holiday spirit him and Lacey chabert should team oh up my on God. a hallmark movie oh please my God. i love that you are a hallmark movie watcher because my husband and i started watching with my grandma ironically and then it's like the christmas spirit really does creep into your heart by the end that's how it starts you start telling yourself it's a joke and you're watching ironically. And then by the end, you're like, she's not going to leave this small town man. Is she like, she can't go back to her city job. And the postman is Santa. He's been Santa all along. There's magic everywhere. So our story begins with Katie Heron, a redheaded homeschooled girl, which on paper, she already sucks. Just kidding. I love, (laughs) I have a homeschooled friend and I love redheaded girls. It's the boys that are the issue. So Katie lived in Africa for the first 15 years of her life with her zoologist parents until they moved to America, where she enters the public school system for the first time. And for obvious reasons, she doesn't fit in and spends the first few days with no friends until she teams up with two other freaks, Janice and Damien, who act as her guide by educating her on high school life, including informing her about the plastics. And we all agree, I hope, that this is the unofficial start of the movie, because I always skip the first seven and a half minutes until (laughs) the gym (laughs) class entrance. Like, I don't care about this. I do like the part where the homeschool kids talk about how on the seventh day, God created the rifle right. or whatever. But, so yeah, that could right, fight right. the dinosaurs <laughs> and, the and the homosexuals. <laughs> but Jenna, you saw Titanic 11 times in theater, so you are not worried about crunching down time. I'm this just always true. trying to find how to make a movie 90 minutes. So I've also seen Mean Girls, like no joke, probably 300 times. Yeah. I watched it again last night. So I was like, great excuse to put this on again. Yeah, Mean Girls is one I've seen a bunch of times, but I've never seen, I don't think, a movie more than once in theaters. What? Because I haven't seen many movies. So if I've seen it, it's a fluke that I saw it in the first place. Like I've seen movies more than once 
in my house, but like I haven't gone out right. and seen a movie more than once. Oh my Down God, Donnie no. is really going to throw me in front of a bus. Keep going. <laughs> No, and then I used to do it all the time in high school and college. And then now that I've matured into an adult, now I see Broadway shows more than once. Mm. I like a movie more than once. That's child's play. How do I really <laughs> put myself into debt? Oh, I know. <laughs> that is commitment, honestly. <laughs> yeah, commitment or <laughs> something that should be, you know, talked about with a therapist. Whatever. Either way. Tomato, tomato. Same thing. <laughs> So the plastics, like Jenna said, if you're sitting here in the year 2022 without knowing about Mean Girls, please join a club or something. A support group. Yeah, something. Because we can only teach you so much on this podcast. And that is coming from someone that saw it 11 times in theaters and is a three-time Mean Girls trivia winner. So, <laughs> but, but even that, that can only teach you so far, folks. What? Chelsea, what are you going to say? No, I don't. <laughs> a three-time... Trivia yeah, I winner. went to Mean Girls Trivia often, twice at bars and won both times. And then actually, I was the only team ever on Carnival Cruise Line to get a perfect score at Mean Girls Trivia. That is an amazing story. That should be your fun fact always when you meet new people. Oh. Like I won Mean Girls Trivia with perfect score on a Carnival Cruise ship. And then the guy that was hosting came to me and gave me the mug. He thought he was joking. He was like, how did you do this? And I was like, by being gay. <laughs> <laughs> And all the like grandmothers on the ship were like, oh. throw them overboard. Now, what, Chelsea? A couple of episodes ago, you made a big stink when I said, wow, you've been on a lot of cruises. And yet here you are again. I mean, Carnival Cruise, we are looking for sponsors. So, you know, if you want to hit us up, Donnie, literally, I think has been on about 700 of them. So. <laughs> no, still only two. But on one of those two cruises, I got perfect Mean Girls A lot of stories came out of these cruises. (laughs) They did. I mean, there's a lot of stories to be had from a cruise. You're trapped on a big boat with a bunch of strangers. It's an interesting world. It's not real life. It's not. Anywhere where you can get a breakfast burrito and go to the casino in one place without even touching land, that's magic. (laughs) Yeah, and you can walk like... 10 feet probably between the two of those things. And then there's like a nightclub in the back. It's so good. uh, I do love a cruise. I taught my goddaughter to walk on a cruise. How many cruises have you been on? One. No, two. I've also been on two. Yeah. But I did teach my goddaughter how to walk. That's sweet. That's so wholesome. Yeah. I went on a cruise my senior year of high school and it was not wholesome. That sounds like the cruise I want to go on. I mean, you know, I was 18 and we were in uh, international waters. So So anything goes. We were just hitting up the nightclub every night and had a great time. (laughs) So back to the movie. The plastics are made up of evil incarnate Regina George, empty-headed Karen Smith, and the popularity-seeking gossip Gretchen Wieners, whose father invented toaster strudel. Did either of you have someone at your school with like a claim to fame? Not invented toaster strudel, but close. My cousin went to high school with the daughter of the man who invented boardwalk fries. So if you're in the DMV area or like have been to Ocean City, boardwalk fries are like the fries. It's like a Maryland staple. You put Old Bay and vinegar on it. It's like everywhere. And they were like cajillionaires. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. We had nothing like that. Then a nobody? So listen, I grew up in a town with one stoplight. Actually, I think there was 
one stoplight in the county and it just happened to land in our town because oh. the highway ran through well, it. that's the claim to fame right there. Everybody in your <laughs> yeah, school. Yeah, I, I mean, think. the claim to fame was like, I don't know, like the family that had the largest farm or yeah. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Um, it was very small. So there's nobody there with a claim to fame, really, that I can think of. Well, I'm sure there's you. somebody with something like weird that I, I'm forgetting. But I'm sure in like towns like that, gossip spreads fast. So it would be like every oh, yes. week there would be a new claim to fame because it would be mm. like the talking. This point. is true. Yeah. I mean, my mom still, she'll call me and she'll, guess who I saw in the grocery store? And then she has to tell me everything that's going on with everybody. Like people my age that I haven't seen in 15 years, she knows what they're doing because she runs into their parents in the grocery store. Uh. So yes, plenty of claims to fame. Just nothing, nothing quite as exciting as inventing toaster strudel. Okay. That's what about you, Donnie? I had the daughters of a Pennsylvania senator that went to my school. Mm -hmm. And then their family also owned a funeral home. So they were kind of a big deal. And then one of the daughters is in like politics herself now, but also still works at the funeral home. So (laughs) here's a funny little tale. When my grandfather died a few years ago, we had his, (laughs) we had his funeral at that funeral home. And the daughter, I always thought she was pretty growing up. She still is pretty, but, um, she is no Lacey Chabert because <laughs> because when it was time for the pallbearers to carry the casket up, it was jarring. Like to hear this voice come out of a young woman, I'm still I'm sweating, and it's not just because I'm under a blanket. She she came up, she's like, "All right, gentlemen, we're about to move this casket." <laughs> My jaw dropped. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I had to excuse myself because I was laughing. So. That's who I went to school with. Wow. <laughs> that family is a bunch of multitaskers. Yeah, I was going to say it's a very diverse business, you know, <laughs> politics and funerals. Yeah. And it like runs down the family tree. You have to do both. Wow. <laughs> it's like a big commitment. Yeah. Two big commitments, actually. Yeah. Like, two things that I would have no interest in Absolutely doing. Absolutely none. none. No. And like, you can't slack really on either of them. Yeah. One is not a side hustle. <laughs> no. No, not at all. You would really make some people angry if you slacked on either. High pressure. I think toaster strudel is more of a side hustle (laughs) than either of those things. Yeah, honestly, that's way lower pressure than funerals. (laughs) So the plastics invite Katie to eat lunch with them for the week, and Janice uses this as the perfect opportunity to use Katie to infiltrate their group as revenge for a rumor spread about Janice in middle school. And this raven-haired art freak can hold a grudge. (laughs) At lunch, Katie learns the rules of feminism including what days she can and can't wear jeans or a ponytail, what days she must wear pink, joining the mathletes would be social suicide, and that Regina's ex-boyfriend Aaron is off-limits to friends. She also learns that Regina is a grade A bitch because she spreads lies about a girl who's dating Gretchen's crush, she mocks people's clothing almost to their face, and she and the other plastics keep a burn book where they write mean things about everyone in the school. And... I know that it's shocking, but I did not have a brand book in high school. That is shocking. <laughs> mean Girls came out two months before I graduated. So if it okay. came out like two years before I graduated, yes, I probably would have. <laughs> but so close to graduation. No, I didn't. Did people at your school have a slam book? That's what I had. We didn't, but we had this phase. It was earlier, probably like middle school-ish where we would have all of these different notebooks that would be between different friends or different groups of friends. And you'd like, yeah. yeah, So you'd write in them and then you'd pass it back and forth. You had to be really careful that you were keeping your notebook straight because obviously you'd like write things about your other friends (laughs) 
So if you accidentally gave like my Chelsea notebook to Donnie and then I wrote something bad about you, you know what I mean? So we got ourselves in hot water a few times. Oh, that's great. And then one time we got busted because there was one girl that we wouldn't let into the notebook. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure her mom called the school and we all got called into the guidance counselor's office and we had to sit there and like hand over the notebook. So that was over, but it was a big thing. It was like a whole phase that we went through. That's so good. It's like a group chat before our phones exist. That's exactly. I've never thought about it that way, but that is exactly what it was. It was like a group chat, but we used like the gel pens. We made it all pretty and it was like color coded and we had code names for everybody. It was just like so involved. We did the exact same thing. We had code names. We had our code names for each other, but then code names about like other people too that we yes. were talking about. Uh. Yeah. There was one cause you know, ADHD gang. So I'm always losing shit. There was like a two day period of time where I lost the notebook and that was a really high stakes time for our group. I was in deep shit, but I did end up finding it was just like in a different backpack than I usually carried. <laughs> Thank God. Because yeah, that's full panic right Yeah. There. That's like, Oh, <laughs> shit our lives are actually over (laughs) and we actually had a code sheet for the code names which like defeats the purpose but I found it I'm not kidding I was home last week at my mom's and I found it and it has all of the code names Uh, written out what was your code name do you remember I guess this was the early like AOL days because we didn't use actual names we used like symbols Mm. so my crush was like you know like the little squiggle Uh that we always put on the end of our away messages my crush was squiggle asterisk squiggle though it was things like that you were doing like morris code (laughs) yes (laughs) on my live journal i didn't have this notebook thing i wasn't that cool i guess but on my live journal i talked about the girl i had a crush on and she was a jehovah's witness and i thought it would be a good idea to just make her code name jw but clearly (laughs) she cracked that code when she found my live journal (laughs) so she printed it and she's like is this about me (gasps) like uh no it's about the other pretty blonde girl in my theater arts class thank you very much i am so (laughs) thankful i never had a live journal like thankfully mine was all on hard copy like that can be burned yeah. I didn't put uh-huh. it on the internet and now I put everything on the internet but back then I was a little <laughs> yeah. bit more discreet I guess I don't know Wait, what is a slam book, though? Oh, it was so cool. So it was a notebook also. But on the first page, you would pick, I don't know, a number or something. And then every other page, I would ask a question at the top. So whatever number you picked, you would pick that line and write your answer. So it's like, what's your favorite movie? What do you want to be when you grow up? All that stuff. So then I had all the answers of everyone in my class when they would fill it out. But I didn't know who was who. Oh, that is cool. I've never heard of that, but that's such a smart idea. Like that actually sounds fun and not mean. Yeah, it was kind of wholesome. I mean, I'm sure I had weird questions in there that like were a little mean, like, who do you want to murder? But besides (laughs) that, it was mostly wholesome. (laughs) So although math is Katie's best subject, she pretends to be bad at it to get closer to Aaron. And I do want to tell a story real quick. I never pretended to be bad at something to get close to a boy. But in college, I pretended to be interested in football so that the straight football player would teach me how. But really, I just wanted him to like hold me and show me how to hold the ball and stuff and it worked I mean we didn't kiss or anything but he helped me (laughs) so who's the winner that's just such a strange sport how was he holding you exactly I think he you know liked it too much because then one time when I went over his house to learn how to play football he was like showing me pictures on the wall of his family and he got right behind me to point I was like your finger works just as good as across the room but the fact that you're right behind me should I get the poppers Just kidding. I didn't know what they were in 2005. <laughs> yeah, too bad. I, yeah, I really could have changed things. But. Yeah. Could have introduced him to a whole new world. <laughs> okay. I didn't want to do it. But 
while we're here, I do need to talk about the actor that plays Aaron Samuels because this man would go to the opening of an envelope if it said Mean Girls on it. He has made Mean Girls his whole personality. God bless him. He was on Celebrity Big Brother with Lindsay Lohan's mom, so he wanted to start a Mean Girls alliance. He was in the Ariana Grande video talking about Mean Girls. forgot about that. He's going to be, you know how Barbara Eden that played I Dream of Jeannie, she's like 89 years old, still wearing that genie outfit that's gonna be him he'll be like on his deathbed saying like does my hair look sexy pushed back (laughs) saying it's october 3rd (laughs) oh god don't get him started on october 3rd well donnie you're in charge of like reaching out to talent to get people on our podcast so you just decided not this one not going to have him on No, ours. I messaged him because you'd think he would say yes. But oh, so really this whole rant was just you're bitter that he's made Mean Girls his whole personality, but he won't come on I Am the Cute One. Uh, yeah, I guess not. <laughs> because... <laughs> and I even like unblocked him to ask too. Wait, why did you have him blocked? <laughs> because it's too much, Jenna. And then because of the Instagram algorithm, they like tell me who I might like. So because mm-hmm. I like pop culture, he pops up every time. Him and Frankie Grande. I'm like, oh my God, you're involved in everything. Leave me alone. Donnie, we have had this conversation. You can mute people. Blocking is the most aggressive form of getting people out of your space. I was really thinking that you had like some sort of online beef with Aaron Samuels and I was, you know. I was very invested, but no, yeah, Jenna. you're right. You could just mute him. Donnie, if he's having a bad day and somebody like posts a stupid like oh, selfie, yeah. he's like, ah, blocked. I'm like, Donnie. The like- most time consuming thing I do is when I go through my blocked list and then I'm like, why did I block this person? And I have to unblock like 200 people at a time. So, <laughs> so, so if you ever can't see my page, you're probably blocked. I am very happy with the block button oh, also. Yeah. So it's I don't so judge easy. you. But Aaron Samuels would not get blocked. Like, I, I don't care how much mean girls he puts out there. Maybe be muted but blocked no so just for the record i'll unblock him after did you re-block him when he (laughs) wouldn't answer you about coming on yeah you know i'm petty yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) cuties you know i cannot see a movie without pretending i'm in it and now it's your turn have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight then you'll want to stop what you're doing (laughs) unless you're driving and visit sideshow.com your eyes do not deceive you they have a life-size impeccably detailed replica of the child from star wars the mandalorian now i don't mean to brag but sideshow did send me the child i call him baby yoda i have since learned that is not his name but he is my son now so i will be continuing to call him as such and we have been playing dress up having photo shoots and just having a grand old time but if that one doesn't speak to you how about a movie accurate statue of christopher reeve as superman they got that too but just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of robert downey jr as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. 
And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTEONE, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. Like what you're hearing? Head to Patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. So after bonding over math problems and days of the week, Aaron invites Katie to a Halloween party where Regina uses this as a time to get back with him after learning about Katie's crush. If that wasn't bad enough for Katie, it turns out Janice and Damien didn't teach her everything about high school because in girl world, Halloween is the one night a year where you can dress like a slut and nobody can say anything. But Katie, uneducated about American customs and costumes, dresses as an ex-wife complete with a grudge wig and Austin. And powers teeth. <laughs> so I asked our cuties to submit their most embarrassing Halloween stories. But before I get into theirs, do either of you have any good embarrassing Halloween costumes or stories? I wouldn't say embarrassing, but I definitely do lean on the side of Katie when it comes to Halloween costumes. Like I've been E.T. <laughs> One time I dressed up as a Hershey kiss and huh. I wrapped myself in <laughs> aluminum foil and bought a really pointy tall hat. <laughs> That's so creative, though. Yeah, if you work at, like, an old people's home. (laughs) I lean far more on the Regina side. Yeah. I was a sexy pirate, a sexy flight attendant. Oh, one year I was a cat, and I just wore a dance costume that was like a pleather (laughs) bodysuit, and I just put ears on. Like Gretchen's. Duh. Oh, so good. I always made my costume slutty, but I... Didn't want to be basic either. So I was like, sexy Spike from Little Giants. <laughs> like, <laughs> sexy Drew Barrymore from Scream. And then I made my friend be sexy ghost face. And she just wore the mask and, like, lingerie. That is That's amazing. Yeah, was I was so basic. Like, straight off the rock at Party City, like, the day before. I was like, what's left in my size? Oh, it's child size. Whatever. I'll make it work. You know? Like, I did not care. Just, uh-huh. I just put ears on. I was like, I'm a mouse. Duh. I didn't care. Listen, when you got it, you got it. So I do have some stories I brought from our cuties. The first one says, I was a biker chick in fourth grade and my snap up leather skirt unsnapped and fell off in the auditorium. Oh, no. (laughs) See, that's when I'm Regina because I am laughing. (laughs) The second one is, I was set to be prom queen for Halloween and two days before I broke my ankle so I had to go as Tiny Tim instead. But... (laughs) But my question is, why? The operative word in that statement had to like yeah. had to there was no other options besides tiny tim i had no choice but to abandon the entire idea that's what i mean why not still wear the prom dress and just have crutches yeah i mean regina was spring fling queen and oh, that yeah. thing yeah. Uh, nope had to be tiny tim that one really got me. I Like, did they have an Ebenezer counterpart? Just had to be Tiny Tim. Uh, the next one. Back when I used to wear lingerie for costumes, we had that freak snowstorm one year and we put the keg in the snow. So I ended up getting frostbite. Oh, my God. <laughs> the commitment, though. Yeah. 
Now that's someone that had to do something. <laughs> Put on boots. <laughs> and the last one is, <laughs> I went home with a guy dressed as Austin Powers and we dry humped. He kept his glasses and wig on, which is why it didn't go any further. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I want to know if he had the Austin Powers teeth in as well. Me too. That was oh, my first thought. So. <laughs> oh, wait. This made me think of a story now, too. When I went as Regina George for Halloween, I then fooled around with a straight boy and he made me keep the wig and skirt on (laughs) and then when he was um finishing he said i'm gonna marry a woman (laughs) i was like okay (laughs) figure that out on your own time good for you he went in the burn book obviously (laughs) yeah as he should Mm -hmm. oh god so katie is finally on board to overthrow regina and ruin her life by cutting off her resources So after making her face smell like a foot and cutting holes in her tank tops, Katie, Janice, and Damien up their game with a holiday treat. They buy candy cane grams in Regina's name for everyone in the group except for Gretchen, which causes her to officially crack and spill all of Regina's secrets. Army of skanks? Check. The secret she tells is that Regina is cheating on Aaron. High status man candy? Check again. All that's left is her hot body, so Katie tricks Regina into eating Swedish bars that make you gain weight. I will do anything to lose weight except exercise, so I would have binge ate those calteen bars if katie told me that in in college i did the master class diet when i learned that beyonce did it to lose weight for dream girls is that the cayenne pepper thing yes oh god no did you dabble in it um i have tasted it one time and i couldn't get past like the one sip it was oh my god uh, terrible and then it literally terrible. says like grade b maple syrup i don't know what makes it grade b why i can't just use like Mrs. whatever Butter's word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. but you need grade b how many days did you make it three and <laughs> beyonce did it for like 27 i lasted three days and then i told my roommate take me to burger king now <laughs> And I'm currently on the Special K diet, so truly any kind of fad diet, just just DM me. I'll do it. Fen fan. Just an obligatory (laughs) disclaimer. We do not support diet culture. Please do not follow Donnie's lead. (laughs) I am horrified weekly, but you know what? He's a grown man. I would have that in my notes to make that disclaimer, and I just skipped right over it. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, let's talk about Special K. I was partial to SlimFast myself. Oh, good one. I loved to drink those for breakfast on my walk to class from the sorority house. Anything that makes me shit myself. Yeah. (laughs) Pump me full of all the chemicals and I'll just call myself so healthy. (laughs) On that note, Erin breaks up with Regina and still doesn't ask Katie out. So she steps her game up and fails math class for this man. He ain't worth it, sis. (laughs) No. (sighs) Chelsea... I'm going to let you rant because I'm sure you got something to say. I mean, I don't have too much to say. It's just like, ugh, you know, like I get it because he would have been my exact type in high school, the swoopy hair and the Sandy Cohen adjacent eyebrows. But yeah, like, no. And this is where I would be Tina Fey's character of being like, Mm. I see what's happening here. And no, this is not how you're going to do it. Jenna, you shook your head. Were you an Aaron girl also? Oh, I loved Aaron. That would have been totally my type in high school, too. Oh, no. I'm a Jason girl all the way. Mm. Forgot about Jason. You can go shave your back. (laughs) I mean, especially because he's a little creep, too. Like, that, the personality, everything about him is just... 
Oh, yeah. If it looked like they were wearing a helmet of hair on their yes. head, then it was oh. like game on for me in high school. The girl who grew up in the literal middle of the country, like as far away from any ocean as possible. <laughs> I really liked anybody who looked like a surfer. Oh, I was yeah. like, yes, yeah. sun-kissed hair. You know, maybe like a puka shell necklace. Yeah, I love a puka shell necklace. <laughs> Loved it. I was all over that whole whole vibe. Erin could have been like a Hollister model. You know what I mean? For mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, my type was anyone that would publicly call me the F-slur. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, it takes all High kinds. standards. <laughs> well, there are some boys in the middle of that Venn diagram, I have to imagine. Oh, that's Both <laughs> surfer bros and people that F-slurs. would use the F-word. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. There you go. You're right. Probably a lot, actually. <laughs> Most of my high school would fit into that category. More of just a complete circle the longer I think about it. Yeah. Well, Jenna, give me that yearbook because I got some calls to make. <laughs> Well, don't worry. They're all still there. <laughs> well, just give Donnie the phone number oh. of your mom and she can let him know how they're doing. Yeah, Perfect. She sees them at She's the got all the goss. She's like Gretchen Wiener. She has all the gossip. So Chelsea, Miss Marbury agrees with you, but Katie is not trying to hear what she says. So she writes about her in the burn book. And at this point, Katie has gone full plastic. She leaves Janice and Damien behind to go rogue and do sabotage on her own. Having learned from the best, she turns a secret four-way call against Regina, leaving her officially on the outs and getting the Queen Bee's crown for herself. So as the newly appointed queen, Katie throws a house party instead of going to Janice's art show, and the world basically implodes. (laughs) Katie throws up on Aaron. Regina finds out the truth about her Swedish nutrition bars. Shit goes downhill fast and i'm not here to pay for therapy bills so let's not get too dark but really quickly what's the worst house party experience you've had (laughs) i mean there's a lot of just like me throwing up places Mm. but one of my friends there was this house that would always have parties of this girl for whatever reason i had like spidey senses that it was going to get broken up by the cops because you know i did not miss a party if i had the opportunity but for whatever reason that night i was like no I'm just going to skip this one. It got busted and almost everybody in our high school got drinking tickets, Uh except, and this is a happy ending of a bad house party, my friend ran and hid from the cops with this other guy that was in our grade, and they hid in this girl's mom's van in the garage for like eight hours, and they are married with three kids today. Oh my God. Isn't that so sweet? They didn't get drinking tickets either, so they like got out of a drinking ticket, eight hours in a car, and now a beautiful, happy be life together wow. underage drinking so romantic that is that's the next nicholas sparks movie <laughs> <laughs> i feel like my worst house party story is very dramatic we didn't have a lot of house parties because again like farm town so we mostly drank like in fields in the okay. middle of nowhere but we had this one house where we would go and it was like an old farmhouse and i'll try to summarize this but this is this is going to sound really dramatic I literally got stabbed in the eyeball with a rusty knife that someone found on the porch of this old farmhouse. (laughs) This house is 45 minutes away from the nearest hospital. So we had to... (laughs) Yeah, I know. It was 2006. So I've told this story so many times I've desensitized to it, but literally. Yeah. So we had to like pile in the car, rush to the ER. I got stitches through my eyeball. I had to wear an eye patch, a literal eye patch. You guys, like I looked like a pirate. <laughs> this happened May 26, 2006. It was right after finals of my freshman year of college when oh. we like all came home. So it was like our first get together. So then my whole summer I had to wear an eye patch and now I'm like kind of blind in that oh eye. Oh yeah. God. Wild. Like it's fine now, but it was like a whole thing. So hands down worse. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd say. At first I was like, I don't have any bad house party stories. And then I was like, wait a minute. I do, actually. I have kind of a bad one. Yeah, just that time I was stabbed in the eyeball with a rusty knife. Yeah, and thing. really, that was one of the only times we partied in a house. Usually it was, you know, in the woods. Wow. And I didn't get injured. It's like it happened just so I could ask you this question later on in life. Seriously. <laughs> it does make for a good story. Like, people are not prepared. No. And I'm like, no. I have a story. <laughs> I've learned over the years, there's no way to like soften the blow on that one. You just got to lay it out. I think that should be your fun fact. After I tell people I won Mean Girls trivia on a carnival cruise. (laughs) People are going to be like, well, that escalated. (laughs) Very high stakes situations. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Uh, So Regina shows why she's been queen all along, because she puts an entry about herself in the burn book and brings it to the principal and then makes copies of the book and distributes them to the school. So the girls go wild and it turns into just like a world star video basically <laughs> girls are being pushed down the stairs there's literally someone hanging from their underwear from like a ceiling fan <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what's happening so naturally this results in a school-wide assembly in the gym where miss norbury leads exercises to mend these broken relationships including giving apologies to people they've hurt so janice uses this as a time to tell regina the entire plan and regina storms out and katie follows her to explain herself but regina gets hit by a bus the bus is going too fast in the school zone, if you ask me. Yeah. And the first time I watched this movie, I screamed like out loud. I screamed. I was not expecting the bus. No, even all. though it's foreshadowed, Chelsea, numerous times. Well, you know. That's I'm... my semester as an English student. <laughs> no, but that bus was really flying through there. You're right. Really Way was. too fast. I've really never given that much thought, but it is the bus driver's fault. It's not Katie's fault. <laughs> That's just for Katie. Thank you. (laughs) Katie begins her apology tour, and then Mrs. Norberry won't take sorry as an answer, so she makes her join the mathletes, which, like, do you like this girl or not? You're talking very passive-aggressively how she ruined your life, and then you're like, but I do want to see more of you. So so she makes her join Mathletes, and they win. And with her new Mathletes varsity jacket, Katie heads to the Spring Fling, where she arrives just in time to be crowned queen. And although it's not required, she makes a speech saying everyone looks like royalty and deserves the crown. So she breaks it into literally 16 pieces and (laughs) tosses it to, like, everyone at the dance. Katie has learned her lesson. Janice and Damien are her friends again. Aaron kisses her. Regina joins the cross. Karen and her lisp join the morning announcement. Gretchen joins the new clique. Girl world is at peace. And the junior plastics get hit by a bus. Just kidding. And that's the end of the movie. (laughs) It's such a good one. It's one that like every time I watch it, I'm like, this is so clever. But also, you know, my SNL love and my Tina Fey love. And so anything that she is like connected to in writing, I am obsessed with. Stay tuned for two questions from now. You're going to hate me. Oh, God. (laughs) Why do you torture me like this? Let's just move there. Let me rip the Band-Aid off. So final thoughts. If we were to bring this movie to present day, who would we cast in a remake or what would the plot to a sequel be? Well, didn't they make a sequel? I didn't see it. I watched like three minutes of it. It doesn't count because none of the original cast. Right. That's what I thought. I've never seen it. So if you want to make a sequel, you can just pretend it doesn't exist. That's what I did. 
Yeah, that's what I did too. I said that I want it to be Romeo and Michelle style, and Ooh. I want it to be a sequel where it's everybody coming back, original cast all coming back, and it's like they are coming back for a reunion, but something happens where they're all snowed in, or there's like something where they're all stuck in the gym for like a period of and time. And then they start to get killed. No, no. <laughs> Killer face is not in this movie. But no, they start to like revert back, and it's like they're becomes clicks again oh. maybe i've just been watching too much big brother that i'm just no, like I love and then that. the social dynamics start I love happening that too. Again, you know maybe i'm just stealing the romeo <laughs> michelle plot who knows but that's my idea i love, I love that. it i would totally watch that movie me too but i'm yeah. also a sucker for like any revamping with original casts i'm like yeah sign me up <laughs> i mean especially if it was mean girls like it could be the worst yeah. movie ever made and it could be five hours long and i'd be in the theater like with my popcorn <laughs> so happy what did you say jenna so I have a really hard time with thinking about this being remade because like I literally couldn't recast it in my head no. because it's just yeah. one of those movies that I'm sure eventually they will probably try to reboot it. I mean, yeah. I'm shocked it hasn't happened already, yeah. but it's just one of those movies that's so ingrained in like, especially our generation in the zeitgeist and, and in my brain, yeah. I would have a really hard time seeing anybody else as any of those characters, I think. Because those characters are those characters. I exactly. Like. Even the actors that have had, you know, fairly long careers, like Rachel McAdams, I don't care what dramatic roles she's in. <laughs> like, she's always Regina George yeah. to oh, me. Sure. And, you know, Lindsay Lohan probably should have gone with being Regina George and being known for that rather yeah. than what she ended up being known for. But <laughs> right. she's still Katie Heron. Yeah. Like, I am curious as actually now that we're talking about it, why that hasn't been rebooted yet because that seems like it's it's prime for the nostalgia boom especially for millennials you know i wonder if tina fey does any gatekeeping there. she must well actually i don't even know why i didn't think about this till now so it was a broadway show obviously the broadway show did so well that tina fey is making a movie of the broadway show so i think that's going to be easier to swallow because then instead of just like them trying to remake the movie at least it like stands on its own a little bit yes Yeah, but nobody's been cast. How many times did you see the Broadway show? (laughs) Jenna, don't do this to me. Four. Oh, my God. (laughs) That was the last one I saw before everything shut down. I saw it January 2020. Wow. Right before everything shut down. My sequel. I thought, Chelsea, your sequel is a really good idea, but I didn't think of that. When I was thinking about it, I thought there would be no reason I would need to see this group of friends reunited because I thought, like, uh the clicks are over. Like, they learned their lesson. But yeah. I think you found a way to make it still work. But because it wasn't working in my head, I said, this is a controversial take, I know. But I think Gretchen didn't really learn a lesson in this movie. She just joined a different click. So, like, she's the only one that is kind of still in the same place. So instead of a sequel movie with the whole cast i just want to see like a limited series where she's like a camp counselor or like a teacher where she's like involved in students lives because i think she could easily slip into like getting overly involved in the lives of like 16 year olds and i think it would be so funny to watch gretchen wieners fight with like students at a euphoria school (laughs) love that i do love that spin-off yes (laughs) 
have that. Yeah, I need this. I would <laughs> send this to Aaron Samuels, but, you know, he, <laughs> he can't get my messages. You could play the dad. That would be great. <laughs> That's what everybody does in the reboot. They come back and pay the parents. That's true. Which makes me feel very old. I don't so like that. So old. Rachel yeah. Lee Cook needs to quit. Yes. She's just a mom in everything. <laughs> oh, my God. It really upsets me every time. <laughs> well, speaking of aging... What about this movie aged well for us and what aged like blockbuster? I'll just pull the bandaid off for you, Chelsea. I think that, don't slip my throat, I think that Tina Fey's writing in general has not aged well. I think that she was edgy for the time, but like in a white feminist way. So like in a 2022 lens, a lot of her jokes don't land and I still enjoy them, but I'm still a white man. So of course I would. But I think if she's trying to find new audiences, her writing is a little tough for that. Yeah, I'm doing a rewatch of 30 Rock right now. And some of the jokes like really still land and are yeah. very timely. And some of the jokes I'm like, oh, well. Yeah, some of the jokes we have to not air full episodes. <laughs> so. Right, yeah, <laughs> right. Ooh. I watched it again, Mean Girls again last night. And, you know, I've seen it so many times I have it memorized, but when I'm actually listening to it, yeah. there's a lot that I've kind of just rewritten in my head. And it's just the word choices, you know, like they throw around the R word a yeah, lot. Yeah. And it does feel authentic to like my experience in high school in 2004. Sure. Right. But high school students now would never. Right. Yeah, I agree. It was edgy at the time. And I think she was pushing, you know, the boundaries of trying to like, show what high schoolers really yeah. were like and kind of pull the curtain back. But it is a very limited viewpoint. Granted, it's supposed to be, you know, suburban Illinois. True. Yeah. But, you know, it's a larger school and they're not all little white girls. So. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I think the message too of what it was trying to portray and what the book that the mm-hmm. movie is based off of, Queen Bees and Wannabes, yeah. like what the thesis of that was of like basically that teenage girls are <laughs> devils and the worst people in the world and also just like that there shouldn't be this jungle world that these girls were living in in terms of like just trying to murder each other socially i think some of that does still hold up i think gen z is definitely now that they've gotten past the tide pod phase like i really (laughs) do think that they're going to change the world and they are the most like accepting and empathetic generation so i think some of that is changing and i'd be interested to hear from like some of my like little cousins if they watch it like does that resonate with them even in terms of like their experience? Because the the more and more I talk to them, the more and more it's like there are less clicks and there is more like a general vibe of acceptance, which is great. But I think also with the emergence of social media, it just looks very different. Like it's yeah. not happening in person. Mm. And I was talking to, to people about this recently in my high school experience. We didn't have super defined clicks just because it was so small. And like, you couldn't be mean to people because they were literally friends with your parents. And it was just a very close knit kind of community in general. But if we would have had social media back then, I mean, all of that would have been happening online. And I think that's a big shift now to where yeah. all of that bullying rather than happening in the halls of high school with a burn book, it's just happening in Instagram DMs or Snapchat or whatever they use. That's very true. Yeah. The overall theme probably, unfortunately, holds up for a lot. So that is the end of this episode. Jenna, thank you so much for 
dealing with us for the last hour. <laughs> and also shout out to the Patreon cuties. If you are still watching this on video, oh my God. I probably gave people watching a stroke because it's like a strobe <laughs> effect when I do that. <laughs> Honestly, every time you pop up on my screen, I kind of feel like I'm in a fort, you know, like in someone's living room <laughs> in elementary school. Like, like it's a slumber party. It's kind of fun. And I got exercise this episode because my arms have been <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, aren't your arms time. tired? They are. Yes. Oh yes, they You're going to be so sore tomorrow. <laughs> oh, God. So on that note, Jenna, please let everyone know where they can follow you, how they can support you, all of the things. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok, Jenna A. Barclay, two A's. And YouTube, I think, is just Jenna Barclay. And you can help me make fun of my old high school wardrobe. (laughs) I love your videos so much because they are so specific. You unlock core memories for me with every video. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, there's another trend that I had the put trauma. in the back of my brain. Yeah. <laughs> you had buried it deep down inside and I just pull it all back out. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you later. Love, Love you like a sister. sister. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash I Am The Cute One. And go to I Am The Cute One.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk, Talk to, to you later. later. Love you, you like a sister. sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.